Welcome to the e-learning and digital classroom podcast brought to you by iDigitalClassroom.com. Whether you are a learner, an instructor, or an online instruction designer, this is the podcast for you to get the latest in e-learning, digital classroom survival tips, remote technology, e-learning best practices, news, and interviews. I'm Dr. Joy Alata. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. I'm happy to spend the next couple of minutes with you. In this episode, I will discuss the first phase of penetration testing. The planning stage is the first phase of penetration testing. In the last episode, I described the need to test your systems to assess if it has any vulnerability and then you can use the report generated to fix up and patch the crucial areas of importance to you. Penetration testing is also referred to as ethical hacking in some quarters. They both refer to the same concept, but there's a slight difference between the two. Penetration testing focuses on a specific information system or a specific objective, while ethical hacking has a more broad objective, which includes all other hacking methods and other activities to combat and mitigate cyber attack. You can consider penetration testing as a subset of ethical hacking techniques. It suffices to say that an ethical hacker needs to have a more comprehensive knowledge of the hacking methodologies than a penetration tester. The decision to conduct penetration testing is an indication of the importance of risk management in any organization. It is a good professional practice to document security policies that outlines how penetration testing should be conducted and how it relates to different types of systems such as servers, web applications, laptops, desktops, tablets, smartphones and numerous others that may constitute an organization's technology infrastructure. Penetration testing should not be an ad hoc activity. There are professional standards and regulatory requirements that must be considered. In the United States, there are regulations such as the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, the Health Technology for Economic and Clinical Health Act, the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standards, and many others. In Canada, there is a Personal Information Protection and Electronic Documents Act. In the European Union, there is the General Data Protection Regulation. There are many other regulatory requirements to consider, but it depends on your location. Whatever you do and wherever you reside, it is imperative that you plan for a penetration testing before you embark on it, and that you do not underrate the impact of regulatory and industry standards while planning for a penetration testing project. The penetration testing standards can be located at pentest-standard.org. You can also get one, another one from the Council of Registered Ethical Security Testing. 
These are good resources and they can help you to plan for penetration testing. Do not forget the objective of penetration testing, which is to test the security of your systems. A malicious hacker has a different objective, which is to attempt to break in and compromise your system. However, though ethical hacking or penetration testing have different objectives from malicious hacking, the techniques are the same. Dr. Joy continues in a moment. Do you work or learn online? Does your career path require that you communicate and extract data from the web? Do you wonder how to improve web page designs, including web page layout and interactivity? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I recommend that you consider learning web development. Dr. Joy is giving away a free course on web development. Visit www.idigitalclassroom.com to claim your free offer. This offer is available for a limited time only. Make your claim now and don't forget to subscribe so that we can send you the latest podcasts. Planning is a critical component of a penetration testing activity. The security policy must have a detailed description of what to do during a penetration test. Another good resource to assist you in understanding and documenting potential penetration testing objective is the OWASP Top 10 Web Application Security Risks. You can get that resource from OWASP.org. That's O-W-A-S-P.org. Having an objective is not just enough, but it is important to have a SMART objective. A SMART objective is specific, measurable, articulate, realistic, and timely. If you have a previous incident or disaster report, ensure that you use the report to plan for the pen test. Previous system audits may have reported on system logs, firewall logs, and the intrusion detection system logs. All of those can provide inputs for inclusive security policy and plan. Using an existing system flaws or other available resources will also facilitate proper planning for a penetration testing. If you are a freelancer that has been contracted to perform penetration testing for a client, Ensure that every agreement and discussion about the project is clearly stated and documented. After you receive the documents, read the relevant industry standards and legal requirements for each penetration testing activity. Even if you are an employee in the organization and penetration testing is part of your job requirements, it is also your responsibility to protect yourself by ensuring that you are on the right side of the law. That means that any penetration testing activity must be documented with specific objectives. If the stated objective changes after you have started the job, you still owe yourself a duty to document any new inclusion to the project. If the penetration testing activity is not legal, 
please do not carry out the test. This may sound controversial. Imagine what will happen to you if the owner of the project decides to throw you under the bus when the chips are down. It can be easy to focus on the money, but your focus should be on ethics and legality. The wrong side of penetration testing can land you in jail. I am not trying to scare you, but there is a thin line between ethical hacking and malicious hacking. If you are in doubt of the meaning of any word in a penetration testing documentation, please consult a legal practitioner. Another grey area in penetration testing is that of confidentiality. When you are contracted to break into a system and you succeed in breaking the system, what do you do with the information you gathered from that project? Do not forget to include that aspect to project documentation. If possible, encourage your client or your employer to craft a confidentiality agreement for the project. What if you uncover illegal activity that the law requires you to report? It is essential to understand the do's and don'ts in a confidentiality agreement. While performing penetration testing, you may uncover more than you bargained for. You may uncover issues where an aggressor is an in-house person, and your employer may not want the publicity that it may create. So what do you do? Do you keep quiet and break the law? This is why it's important that your confidentiality agreement should explain certain things. Penetration testing may result in breaking a system, an application or a web application. What happens if you destroy a system while performing a penetration testing activity? Are you covered? Are you protected? These are issues that must be documented before you start a project. While it is possible to plan your work in a way to minimize disruption of the client's system, there may be some situations where it may not be possible to conclude the project without actually destroying some part of the system. Planning for penetration testing must include a clause to address what happens when a system is destroyed in the act of penetration testing. Scoping is another integral part of planning for penetration testing. It could help to keep you out of jail if you can prove that you are operating within defined boundaries. Scoping will help you to define those boundaries. And when you identify the scope of the project, it must also be documented. Finally, before you start any form of penetration testing, ensure that you get a sign-off approval from an approving authority. It could be challenging to get a sign-off if the project owner is your employer. But you must try to get those sign-offs. Because oftentimes, things do not work as planned. If you thoroughly planned and scoped the project and received a sign off to start the job, then you have to start assembling the right tools. The type of tool you use in a project can make or break the project. As cyber circumstances and situations change over time, so do the tools. Tools and their capabilities change to adjust to operating environments. There is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to penetration testing. In the next episode, I will discuss the selection of tools for penetration testing. In this episode, I discussed planning for penetration testing and various resources that can facilitate the planning.
What do you think about some of the questions that I raised in the discussion? Do you have any other suggestions on planning for penetration testing? If so, please share it with our community. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your support in keeping this podcast alive. If you need more information about what I discussed today or have something to share with our community, please go to www.idigitalclassroom.com and leave your comment on this episode's page. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and please rate and review the podcast. We depend on your feedback for improvements. Do you work or learn online? Does your career path require that you communicate and extract data from the web? Do you wonder how to improve web page designs, including web page layout and interactivity? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I recommend that you consider learning web development. Dr. Joy is giving away a free course on web development. Visit www.idigitalclassroom.com to claim your free offer. This offer is available for a limited time only. Make your claim now and don't forget to subscribe so that we can send you the latest podcasts.